All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another edition of FinTech Fridays. I'm really excited about our guest this week. Great, great friend of mine, uh, Scott Chang. Um, and, and to introduce Scott, I, I probably need 30 minutes to talk about all the things that he's involved in. But he's the, the co-owner of a great mortgage company, Biowise Mortgage, in Southern California. He's founded, co-founded um, a website, findmywayhome.com. That was founded uh, back out of the the uh, the crash, which we'll talk a little bit a little bit about. Scott's super passionate about uh, first time home buyers and helping consumers kind of navigate this 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 home buying and home mortgage process. And an offshoot of what Scott's been involved with is um, uh, the Forbearance Report, another website that he that he stood up. And then an offshoot of that is uh, a group of, of folks who are uh, passionate about affordable lending and kind of consumer advocacy in the mortgage space and housing and leads a, a group that, uh, that, that kind of presents this affordable roundtable. And then we're also going to talk about what, what Scott did this past weekend. So all kinds of stuff to unpack. Um, Scott, thanks for joining me. No, of course. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, uh, as you know, I, I always ask my guests to, to start with a definition and kind of give your definition of the term fintech. So, what, is the, what does that term mean to you? Yeah, so you sprung that on me, and I've been sitting here, my gears have been cranking. I mean, obviously, you know, the literal, the, the, the literal definition of, of, of mixing your, your financial um, – just everything your 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 finances and technology and it's and it's really just moving but it's not only it's not only technology that facilitates uh uh your 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 finances um but it's also financial education and and it's really i mean i guess to me it's really just uh technology is is just a fantastic vehicle for um I guess for really carrying financial, not only education, but the tools on how to use in order to execute on, on some of those things, because financial literacy is, is, is something that is probably the most important thing, especially in our space in the mortgage space. And it is not taught in schools. It, it, it's, it, and you know, that's probably one of the hardest things about what we do is is trying to communicate with consumers about financial literacy and, and how to think about money and how to think about leverage. And and, um, and then when you do, I mean, geez, fintech is relatively, relatively recent. I mean, I've been in the business almost 20 years. And as soon as you start talking about finances, now everybody has to go back and find all of their papers, all of their financial <laughs> papers, and put them together and get them in the right order. And these are uh, mortgage people are our audience. Okay, how about yeah. blank last page on the bank statements, right? You know, <laughs> there's nothing on it, but you have to include it because it says seven of seven pages, you know, so... Yeah, so it's really just bringing financial literacy and 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 quite frankly access to your finances to facilitate financial transactions by using technology. So you you said a couple of things that uh, 
that I want to kind of poke at. So one was you, you said yeah. FinTech is relatively new, which I think you're right. You know, most of us in the business and probably most of us out. Yeah. I would, I would argue, and, and maybe you'll see it this way, hopefully you do, but when you stood up findmywayhome.com, which was what, 10, 12 years ago? 2007. 13 okay, 14 years ago? Yeah, yeah. wow. You, you basically got into fintech then, right? If you, if you think about it in terms of financial literacy and well-being, you, you were using a website to, to provide knowledge. Yeah. 14 years ago. So I, I, I kind of think of that as a, a fintech-like solution, frankly. Yeah, I mean, and you could even roll it back further than that. I mean, with the advent of the Internet, um, you know, as soon as mortgage companies and financial companies moved on to the Internet, then that's where that's where the conversation about personal finance started taking place. And, um, you know, and very quickly, you know, one of the challenges with that is the challenges with all the everything on the Internet is there's so much information out there. And the consumer and even the mortgage professional um, looking for answers. You, you know, you don't know what's true and what's real and what's not out there. So, yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. So let's, let's talk about findmywayhome.com. I, I, every time we, we, um, we talk, and you and I talk every week, we have a standing call every week, and uh, I, I, I'm more amazed at, at the, the level of content that you provide on that website, but also the, the, the amount of visitors. And so maybe let's take it back to 2007 and just share with the, uh, the audience kind of why and how you set that, that site up. <laughs> how much time did you say we have? I'll try to make, I'll try to make this quick. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep you moving. So find my way home is just the latest iteration um, it actually started because I was educating a very, very small, specific niche of consumers, which were teachers in California that worked in low API, high-priority schools. And there were special down payment assistance programs available to them um, and also to California public employees through PERS, the uh, CalPERS, um, and then CalSTRS, the state uh, teacher retirement system. Um, but then the California Housing Finance Agency. So the original name of my website was actually California Teachers and Public Employees Home Loans dot <laughs> com. That that was the original one. And and then so in really I built it because you know we have a I, I think you know Ricardo Bueno. He he said one time he said there are not ten thousand questions about getting a mortgage. There are ten questions asked ten thousand ways, and yeah. and we all know this in the mortgage industry. We're answering the same questions over and over and over again. So on this particular topic, um, I was having this conversation, and I I won't really go into how I was engaging in that conversation because today it would be considered pretty spammy. Um, it, back then, it was probably a little spammy too, but I didn't what that was yet. Um, but I was having these same conversations over and over again. So I realized, well, if I sit down and I answer all of the questions that a consumer could possibly have about this, then when they inquire, 
They don't have to use their time. Um, and this was right, right when the crash happened. And consumers, I knew consumers did not want to talk to loan officers. And, and then we as consumers around that time, that was about when TiVo was starting to come out. We wanted content on our time when it was convenient to us so that we could consume it in our own way. And so... I started, when I would do my marketing, I would respond with an article that answered all of their questions. And I would say, here's a bunch of information. Here's everything you need to know to make an informed decision. Um, if you have any questions, let me know. And so that's really how it started. And, um, and I did that for a few years. I always, I always focused on first-time homebuyer programs. Uh, even during the subprime days, I was doing CRA products. Um, and doing bond programs, and I was doing the MCM 97 and 100s. I didn't really yeah. do subprime. I, I, we did some of them, um, but only like when we absolutely had to. Um, so I was always into explaining kind of the more challenging, the more difficult. Um, and I kind of always, you know, this goes all the way back to when I got into the mortgage industry. The first two years I was in the mortgage industry, all of my business came from the turndowns from the other loan officers in my company. They used to store them in bankers' boxes. And back then, you had a paper application, comps, and credit. And then they would staple them and write NQ or, you know, no value or whatever. Um, for two years, I quadrupled the volume of every other loan officer in that company only going to turndowns. So... I've always seen the opportunity and the things that inexperienced or lazy um, people in our industry uh, wouldn't take the time to help people if it wasn't easy yeah. enough. And, 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 you know, 10 years later, uh, for Find My Way Home, that's exactly how I addressed it. I, I always went after the stuff that um, was very beneficial to consumers and, most importantly, the people that maybe were told, know or didn't think that they could um, become homeowners and uh, and I wanted to be that resource to, to to help guide them through through those no's and 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 give them some hope and if it's and if it's not now here's what you need to do to do it in the future so that's kind of so you you you've had this site for 20 years you you're still like diligent about creating relevant timely meaningful content right? I'm not as I'm not as good. I, I'm not doing it as much as I have been. So for ten straight years, I wrote two to three articles a week, and these last few years, I've kind of been trying to figure out. I'm, I'm doing this little social experiment with, with now because I don't think it has anything to do with me personally. I think it has to do with the fact that. I'm sharing my experience and expertise so that consumers can find it on Google and YouTube. And that's it. And so yeah. we're transforming the platform um, so that I'm making it easier for other loan officers that share my values, share my vision, um, to help produce content for them and then give them a media platform, give them a publishing platform so that we can extract that knowledge out of them, publish it and promote it, um, and get it in front, in front of as many consumers as we can. We're, we're really relying on a rising, uh, rising tide theory, and I'm trying to bring yeah. as many boats as we can um, to contribute to that. And what's cool, I think, for me, when I think about what you're doing is you're, 
what you're doing is creating, um, this is like a new term, it's, you're like creating local at scale. Yeah, you know, in a way. Local, absolutely. Lo local, local works. It, it, it's, it's funny. When the internet came out, everybody was like, I can talk to billions of people. But, but the reality is when you're creating content, you're only creating it for one person. But hopefully that one person it, it exists thousands or hundreds of thousands of times. Yeah. But you're really just trying to help one person and then everybody that has that similar problem. But as a byproduct of that, Brian, and this is the thing that I think is the coolest, um, is even if you're not answering the question that consumers have, the specific question they have, you're establishing a reputation as a problem solver because right. all they see you doing is answering questions and solving problems. So even if I don't touch on the exact subject, uh, people will say, man, this person seems like they solve a lot of problems. Maybe they can yeah. solve mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you build up a level of cred credibility and trust, yeah. right, and yeah. by doing that. And there's a transparency to it, too, because it's not salesy. It's it's only education. Yeah. It's information. And, and, and from the very beginning, I, I've operated off the premise that, if you can, if you, if you give people everything they need to make an informed decision, the most informed decision they can make is to go to the source of the education. Yeah. And it's just, it's the law of reciprocation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a very karmic and soft sell kind of way. Yeah. Uh, somebody one time called it karmic marketing. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new, a new, a new channel. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly it works. You, you've got thousands upon thousands of visitors to your site, right? What, uh, what kind of traffic do you see? Uh, we usually hover around twenty-five to 28,000 unique visitors a month, um, yeah. completely organic, uh, just Google searches. Yeah. Amazing. It's a lot. It's kind of crazy. It kind of blows me away. Yeah. It kind of so, makes me sad, too, in a way, because that means that they're – are not a lot of options for consumers to get answers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a definitely one way to think about it is if you're getting that many unique visitors coming to you, that means they're not finding these answers or this help elsewhere. Right. 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 And so a topic that was timely about, you know, 16 months ago uh, when the pandemic hit was this 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 concept that had been around in mortgage and, and other lending for a long time, but never was was scaled the way it was when forbearance was introduced. And you you quickly stood up a a page that uh, kind of addressed forbearance, right? The forbearance report. Yeah. So where this came from was in February of 2011. Um, I started on my path of becoming an expert at buying after bankruptcy, foreclosure, short sale, and Dean Lou. And I started writing my first article. Um, I wrote my first article in February of, of, of 2011. And we had a Oh man, we had hundreds of thousands of people um, over the years. They really didn't start researching that topic for a few years, but we really kind of saw the 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 back end, the 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 consumers that were having the challenges, and most importantly, we were we were kind of seeing all of the challenges that they were having with servicers because that that was a huge burden on servicers. Uh, all of a sudden, all of this 
value went away and people were foreclosing and servicers were trying to figure out. And, you know, one of the bigger challenges back then is people would uh, file bankruptcy or they would walk away from their home, but the foreclosure wouldn't take place for five or six years. Right. And they thought that they were free and clear. So when the the government decided to let 5 million people stop making mortgage payments in a 90-day period, uh, Josh Lewis, my partner at uh, BuyWise and Find My Way Home, he came up to me and he said, you know what, this feels a lot like, like the buying after bankruptcy. He goes, there's going to be a lot of confusion. Servicers yeah. are going to are, – are, Consumers are going to have to engage because consumers don't engage with their servicer no. unless you don't make your mortgage payment and then you get a then you get a call. Yeah. And servicers are not used to con- to communicating with their the, with consumers. They're really just servicing the paper. They're not even the lender in the, for most the most part. And we were like, this is going to be an absolute nightmare. So yeah, over a weekend we uh, I scoured everything that there was to know. Uh, I read the CARES Act. Uh, we went through the CFPB sites, went through all the FHFA guidance, and we created a resource. And really what it was was a directory. And this was an interesting experiment for me because we created a resource for consumers to use, but I didn't really get engaged that much. I started to be engaged in the beginning. But what we did is we found 53 of the top servicers in the country, and I created a page for each servicer, and I went to their website, and I found all of their information about forbearance, all their contact information, all of their policies. And the scary thing is that most servicers did not have any policies. And it was really hard to find it. Um, it was hard to find their contact information, so I formatted it and put it in a really, really easy format for consumers to find, and then I opened up the comment threads. And almost from the first or second month, uh, we've pretty consistently had about five or 6,000 consumers a month go to that website, and we have hundreds of conversations uh, hundreds of comments, and now I've kind of backed away because there's not a lot I can do. Right. You remember really early on, um, we pulled off some heroic feats uh, yeah. connecting consumers because you knew, hey, I know the president of this servicing company, and you would send an email, and we would get that consumer the answers they needed. And But pretty so- soon I just realized it was something that, we couldn't really help, and I didn't have the authority to give them advice. So it ended up turning into a public forum of consumers supporting each other on how they contacted, you know, the servicer and how easy or difficult it was. And um, yeah, it's still it's still cranking along. That was a that was a really interesting experiment. Um, but that's really when you and I kind of really met and got close, and we met yeah. you know, Phil and Tino and. We brought Eric in, and um, and then that was fascinating to me because that was the first time I really had access to that whole back-end part of the mortgage industry because you were always in the servicing side, um, not always, but, you know, predominantly you were kind of in that side of it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we bring in Phil Bracken and Tino Diaz and, and Eric Selk, and they're all on the government policy. They all have the the policy contacts and the political right. part of it. 
and and it really kind of opened up those conversations and um I don't know where that's going. I, I don't know what we're getting out of it. Um, I hope we're helping people by having these conversations in public. Um, I hope that, you know, by putting our spin on it, you know, I think one of my superpowers has always been making uh, really complicated topics easier to understand. Right. And, and, and so I'm hoping that that's what we're accomplishing um, with that. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I think we are, um, and thanks to you and, and your kind of drive to do this. So what, what Scott's referencing is every other Wednesday afternoon, um, there, Scott put together uh, the Affordable Housing Roundtable. Home ownership. And so, affordable home ownership, because we didn't want oh. to make it feel like it was affordable housing. Yeah. It, it, I, knew, I knew I was going to get that wrong. <laughs> uh, I have the easy part. I just have to show up. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's it, it's – Scott, you, you bring, we, we kind of share, I think every other Wednesday we're live, and then every other Wednesday we just do our internal meeting to talk about what are the topics that are meaningful today that we want to address next week, right? Um, and so there's been a few that uh, that we've tackled here. You had, you know, from the, 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 the adverse refinance, you know, LLPA was a, was a hot button. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, the, the change in our, our leadership in government, what does that mean for the GSEs and GSE reform? Um, we talked about you know, student so loan policy. Student loan impact. Yeah, it's been a lot. The, it, it, and, you know, it actually I'd like to take a second. If, if these are our loan officers that are in here. So the, one of the reasons why he did that is because our, our your good friends and now become my very good friends, Phil Bracken and Tino Diaz, um, run a, uh, a nonprofit called the Affordable Home Ownership Alliance. And it's a consumer representation group. Um, and really what it is is, I, I guess in the simplest terms, um, it's a petition drive. We're trying to get signatures of consumers so that when we see bad policy being passed by politicians that have no freaking clue about the housing industry or about consumers or about human nature, and they pass these ridiculous these ridiculous laws, if or, or they 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 attempt to pass this policy, they propose this policy. Yeah. Um, we're trying to build free membership for AHA. Uh, the website is myaha.com. It's a free lifetime membership, and really, when we see things like the fifty basis points adverse action uh, adverse delivery fee um, that Fannie recently removed, AHA had a, a big part in getting that reversed. Um, I think a lot of people had a big uh, hand yeah. in, in it getting that reversed. But when we see those things, we have enough digital signatures and we have enough people behind it that we can approach the policymakers and say, hey, listen, America doesn't agree with your stupid idea. And here's all yeah. the signatures. And, and, yeah. and so that's really that that was really what that what what that was, is to kind of create more um, more consumer advocacy. Um, because those guys really like they can pick up the phone and talk to really, really important people. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, uh, I've leaned on Phil a few times to, to get in, in offices that I had no business being. In. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, t- tons of great things that you're doing. Uh, I love everything about it. Um, uh, I want to shift gears <laughs> This this will be like uh, you know that first week when you went back to school. So Scott, what did you do this summer? So 
you you just came off of summer camp, oh, right? That's reversed, isn't it? No, no, you, we can see it. It's the yeah. uh, the Go Bag sponsored by EPM. Yeah. yeah, no, no, enough about me. Let's talk about somebody else who's doing absolutely selfless, amazing stuff for our industry. Um, yeah, Christopher Griffiths, uh, Vetted VA Group. Uh, he did uh, he did uh, this Vetted VA summer camp, and really, it was um, it was two full days of shooting guns in Northern Texas. <laughs> It was absolutely amazing and probably as advertised. Yeah, as advertised. And no, Chris is another one of those guys that is just completely selfless. He puts himself out there. He's incredibly passionate about the veteran community as a Marine veteran himself. Um, And he thought, you know, he's just a brother from another mother. Uh, He, 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 he recognized that the industry was not doing everything that it could to support uh, veterans. And just as there are, you know, call centers out there, there are also veteran-focused call centers yeah. that um, are just churn and burn. They're only they only want to skin the cream off the top. And so uh, he's he's made a concerted effort. So he's built this really tight community, and he wanted to do this summer camp. Um, there was almost no business talk there. It was just camaraderie. He wanted to create uh, a, a shared experience uh, environment where everybody could create these memories that they could never get anywhere else. Um, the speaker list was a list of all the firearms we were going to learn how to shoot. And the keynote speaker, everyone got a one-on-one with the keynote speaker, uh, which was a fifty caliber rifle that um, – he had professional instructors, military instructors, to walk everybody through it. And there was probably there was close to a hundred people there. And I think almost all hundred people shot this fifty caliber. If you don't know what a fifty caliber uh, rifle is, let me see if I can get my camera to focus. Yeah. This is the bullet. And and these are the two bullets that. I- By the way, those are the casings in case <laughs> the, the uh, social media uh, police these are, are monitoring. These are empty. And, and we were shooting at a metal target a thousand yards away. And it took four seconds for the sound of it hitting the metal target to come back to you. Wow. It was insane. And I hit it twice out of five shots. And almost, and I think every single person uh, did it. But no, it was really, it was, it was, it was, um, it was really, really cool. It was, um, it was a big picnic. It, it reminded me. Yeah. You know, I grew up in Michigan, like like you did, and and we would do family reunions, yeah, yeah. cousins you don't know, and you would get together, and that's exactly what it was. It was just a family reunion, and uh, it was absolutely amazing. It was the most, um, it, it, I don't know, I, I I get a little bit emotional about it actually because what Chris has been able to do and the lives that he's impact, uh, that he's impacted in the way that he's done it. Um, is just so unbelievably admirable. Uh, it, it just it, He's just an incredible person, and it was an incredible event. And word has it we're going full auto next year. So <laughs> anybody who's not a part of Vetted VA that cares about veterans, this would be a good time to get involved. Yeah, it's it, his, uh, his group, his mission is amazing. Yes. Um, I remember him telling me early on what he was up to, and it was right when I was leaving – kind of the primary originations business and coming over into the FinTech space to take my role at FinLocker. And 
almost immediately he and I kind of figured, thought about how Finlocker's technology combined with what he's trying to do with this hands-on um, community, um, you know, we immediately thought there's something there. We didn't know what it was. And we took us probably 10 months to, to figure it out. When you uh, figured it out though, it was brilliant. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been special uh, for us here at, at our company to watch. Um, you know, I think we've got almost 6,000 veterans in the go bag. That's yeah. the, the, the product name that, that, uh, that Chris came up with for his product for Finlocker. And, uh, well, and it's, so, we it's so appropriate. I mean, I wasn't in the military and that's probably why I'm so passionate about supporting that community because what only 1% yeah. of society uh, joins that. But the go bag is like the most important thing for a soldier. Yeah. That's your everything. Like if you get, if you get lost in the wilderness and you have your go bag, you're going to be able to survive. That's Everything right. you need is in it. And, and the way you guys branded that as a financial go bag was absolutely brilliant in it. And it probably couldn't be more appropriate. Yeah. Just, it's so rewarding for us to see the, the users, the impact to the users. Cause we're, we're seeing, and we're tracking people that started at a, at a place where they needed help. You know, they, they weren't in a place to be able to buy a home and get the financing and through, you know, months of engagement, not, it's not just the Finlocker technology. What's special about the way this partnership works is Chris has built this network of vetted professionals, right? And it's made up of a lot of local loan officers and also local real estate professionals and they're vetted and they're legitimately vetted i I've, I've seen the tests that they're, they're that they're required to go through i've seen um friends of mine who've gone through and didn't pass and and finally did pass and and uh so they they take it very seriously and then to watch i have kind of a unique um visibility into the community i'm not a lender anymore and um and because we provide this technology i, I monitor a lot of uh, communications that are happening in the community to make sure if there's something that's being talked about that's uh, coming from our tech that we need to address that I can do that. But I get to see the, the wonderful interaction by these vetted professionals who take each week, they take a day of their life and dedicate it to monitoring um, this community and answering questions. And, and they're not doing it because they uh, are going to get a loan on the other end of it. There, there's people that are getting business, but they've earned, they've earned it by helping 20 people, and then they get maybe one deal that 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 they're able to to really lean into. Um, it's it is truly a, a selfless group. Well, well, and it, you know, you say one day, you know, one day a week or one day, what, what, however much time they spend in that group. Um, there are 49,000 veterans in that Facebook group. Yeah. That is not a small task to, to answer that. There are hundreds yeah. of questions a day being answered in there, and they're just giving freely, and there's, you know, they don't sell. There's a no sales. Policy. Yeah. All they're doing is answering questions and helping helping veterans and guiding them on their path. So we kind of, it, it's kind of cool to, to end on that because it's, it, it's where we started, right? We, yep. That's what you built yep. 20 years ago with your website, a, not a – sales solicitation tool. It's a purely an informational, a place where people can come and get information and get their questions answered. And 
I'm sure, you know, you've earned business as a result of, of providing value. And, and I know, I know Chris's veterans have, but I, I, I would wager that the amount of effort and resources that you've put into your website and what Chris has done with Vetted VA, you, you wouldn't look at the outcome and say, okay, this, this is a good ROI. <laughs> the, the ROI is, is intangible. It's, it's really, truly helping other people without the expectation of a benefit back to you. It's a very long game play. It's a, it's, yeah, it takes time to build that up and it takes time to do it, but the, the relationships and the, um, the return on that investment is, is, is exponential. But if you were expecting to put in a quarter and get out of gumball, it doesn't happen that way. It took a long time to build up. Um, and you know, Chris is a lot younger and smarter than I am, and he did it in a different way. I um, mean, he got results a little bit quicker, but still, these things, it's not obvious that you should dedicate a year to something without any real clear path to what the return on that is, but only doing it purely because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and, and frankly, most people just don't have the stomach to do that, but I, I, I think hopefully what people take away from this conversation today is, this is a long game and, and, you know, it's, it's not just about technology. It's about, it's about technology. It's about not providing knowledge, providing value and having, you know, having the technology supported by people versus the other way around. I think that's a, it's a big piece. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Scott, we could probably go for hours, but, uh, I actually have to close on a refinance here pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Good. See, that's uh, funny. I don't remember seeing your application. I got with somebody else. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to edit that out because this, this could come back to haunt me. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you so much for, for joining. My this pleasure. is a, a riot. Always enjoy when we can uh, get together and riff on, on fun topics. Yep. Hopefully, folks found some value. Look at it. If you're interested in learning more about what Scott's doing with the Affordable Home Ownership Roundtable. Check that out every other Wednesday. I think it's 4 p.m. Eastern. Yep. We live stream um, on Facebook and YouTube. Yeah, and then findmywayhome.com is a, just a great place to go and kind of poke around and check out what, what Scott and Josh have built over there. Um, myaha.com, share that uh, website with all the consumers you guys are coming yes. in contact with because we're all consumers. We're all most of us are, are homeowners, so this is our advocacy group. Um, and just, uh, again, thanks, everybody, for joining. Scott, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Awesome. That was cool.